Welcome to the Conversations with Commerce Next podcast. I'm your host, Michael LeBlanc. This podcast is brought to you in conjunction with Commerce Next and presented by Comex. Recorded live in person at the 2022 Commerce Next e-commerce growth show, we sat down with some of the top trailblazers and change makers that joined our community in New York City to discuss the future of digital commerce and share the latest strategies for e-commerce acceleration. On this episode, Darren Hull, President Vera Bradley, and Andrea Moore, SVP Digital, E-Commerce, and Consumer Insights at Nest New York, talk about staying customer-obsessed. Andrea, Darren, welcome to the Conversations with Commerce Next podcast. How are you doing this morning? Great. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, welcome. We're here in the Comex studio, and uh, you just rolled off the stage, dropping some knowledge on the on the folks here. But let's uh, let's start at the beginning. Let's start about you, Darren. Tell me about a bit about yourself and, and what you do for a living. Hi, uh, I'm Darren Hull. I'm the president of Beer Bradley. We're the 40 year old handbag and accessory brand here uh, in the U.S. So excited to share some of our learnings with with a bunch of great people here at Commerce Next. And and how did you get to where you are today? Uh, retail has been described sometimes as the accidental career. Was it an accident for you? Or are you a veteran retailer? Uh, Tell me about your background. Veteran retailer. I had a job in uh, grade school working at a pharmacy for a gentleman named Tony who mm. uh, decided he would take on the Walgreens and CVSs of the world here and uh, have a local pharmacy. So I learned a lot from him about how to take care of customers and how to meet their demands and get them the product they need. So so you got the bug early, so to mm-hmm. speak. Send me on the path. Fantastic. So where were you before Vera Bradley? What, what, uh, what's your background? Has it always been in the fashion handbag accessory? Or? No, I was at uh, Williams-Sonoma Companies uh, mm-hmm. before this, working with the West Elm brand. And I've worked in big companies, little companies, as big as Catalogers, Amazon and, and, and L'Oreal, and uh, smaller ones like startups. So. Oh, fantastic. Now, where, what part of the world are you from, and, and where do you, uh, where's Vera Bradley run out of? Is it New York City? So I grew up in, I grew up in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I now live in Indiana, and uh, I've lived uh, in New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco. So uh, I've lived in Europe a couple times. Wow. So had the chance to get around. Well, come live up in Canada. It's, it's, you got to put another uh, pin in the map there. So perfect. Places perfect. where you've lived, right? So yeah. welcome. All right. Andrea, tell me about yourself. Sure. Hi, I'm Andrea Moore, and I'm the Senior Vice President of Digital at Nest New York. Nest is... Um, we sell fine fragrance, home fragrance, and fragrance technology, and um, we like to say our customers are nest-obsessed. <laughs> um, and I actually had an early start in retail also, so I was a, um, a holiday associate at the Limited. I, oh, I got really okay. excited. We had these coat spiffs that I was always really excited about, and I actually had a job as a store manager coming out of college. Uh, and didn't think that was going to be my career, but uh, things, you know, went to banking and then went to a company where I ran the private label credit card business hmm. and then got the um, incredible opportunity to be involved in e-commerce very early, very early on in the beginning of e-commerce. And um, that's kind of been my passion ever since. All right. How, how Was it late 90s, early 2000s? Yeah. How, that early yeah. on, right? An OG, so I'm to speak. an OG. You're yep. an OG e-commerce <laughs> operator. Fantastic. Yep. Now, unpack Nest a little bit more sure. for me. So for the folks less familiar with it, just take me through a little bit. Yeah. Uh, of, you know, where you trade, your scope and scale. Are you, are you America? Are you beyond the, the borders? Talk about that a little bit. So we're primarily U.S.-based, although we started to launch international expansion last year in Q4. Uh, when I joined the company, we were largely a wholesale business, and my mandate was really to grow the direct-to-consumer business. So right now, that's about 20% of the total business. Um, but we sell in 
uh, wholesale channels like Sephora, Ulta, Amazon, department stores like Bloomingdale's, Nordstrom, Saks, um, as well as boutiques all over the country. Mm. Um, so very pretty broad distribution. And then, you know, depending on the type of um, channel, the assortment will vary a little bit. Right. And, and talk a little bit about, um, you know, as brands go direct, that kind of one plus one equals three relationship that you articulate both right. between yourselves around the table and then with your wholesale partners, the retailers. So talk a little bit about how you how you think about that. Yeah, I, for sure. It's incremental. It's an incremental thing. I mean, we look at our P&Ls by channel, but we mm. also look at our marketing investment specifically to channel, but also how it drives the overall business. And we, we really feel strongly that when we began investing more in performance marketing and in uh, bigger tactics like CTV, YouTube, etc., um, that we started to see a halo effect in other channels of business. So while we look at those marketing um, investments and how they pay back on direct-to-consumer, it's really a bigger picture. Right. So that creates an overall halo for the brand and just more awareness for the brand. Exactly. Off mic, we were talking a little bit about TikTok. Is that yeah. is that for both of you something you're in, like the, the new channels? Talk about that, like influencer marketing, you know, yeah. all the new channels. Is that something you're working on? Yeah, for sure. Um, influencer marketing, yes. And, you know, we have a product that people love and that's easy to kind of share. Uh, TikTok, I would say Darren is probably a little farther along than we are on TikTok, mm. but we have spent some time working with some TikTok influencers to create content for us to share within their network. We also have done some, we do live selling on our own website and we've simulcasted that on TikTok as well. Uh, I would say we're really just scratching the surface mm. and kind of starting to learn what's working. And I think the big unlock for us is going to be, to your point, what content's going to work on TikTok and yeah, how do we right test on. and learn into that in a way that doesn't feel, um, that it goes too far outside of what our brand is. Right. right? And Darren, you've got, you, you got a long-established brand, so that's very, I'm sure, front and forward with you as you experiment, yeah, I think, right? Yeah, I think we were fortunate. We came up in specialty stores, so uh, having a connection with the people who are selling our product and with our customers. And we're a brand about connecting women and, and have been since mm. Barb and Pat founded the company 40 years ago. So... Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those things where I think influencer marketing naturally plays into that. So mm. uh, we have customers that want to be excited about the product, and it's our job to sort of help them do the best job that they can, whether they're a specialty store, whether they're an influencer, uh, and finding special moments to make great product for them that they can get excited about and share with their friends, with their families, with their other connections. So uh, we've been active on uh yeah, Facebook was the early days, and sure. we have a really active, uh, fan-driven uh, uh, community on Facebook. Uh, and for our brand, not just Facebook, but also Instagram and uh, mm. the mentioned TikTok. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think different pros and cons to all those uh, channels and the way people want to engage. But there have been some really fun uh, viral stuff. There was one about uh uh, our duffel bag, we ha- we're really well known. We're one of the top selling duffel bags, and we sell predominantly to women. It was about how much you could fit in your Vera Bradley <laughs> duffel bag for a long weekend. And right. It's something that we're we're proud that we make a great product, and and really appreciate hearing people make some great songs about it and, <laughs> and sharing the fun stuff that they're, that they're great? able to fit in their bags. I mean, it really is a, one of those pieces of uh, one of those accessories that becomes part of of the family, and, and it's handed down. And there's a secondary market in it. I mean, it's really expands beyond just the, the the one iteration of the selling cycle, right? I think I think because if you think of most fashion companies, they're predominantly solids with a little bit of pattern. Where 
a lot of solid with, or a lot of pattern with a little bit of solid. Right. Um, and so I think everybody has that moment of when they were introduced to the brand and what the pattern was. And, um, you know, we have a great team of people that are making great patterns and mm. trying to keep that legacy alive. And um, we're trying to do our best to, to keep every generation going uh, after the next. So it's mm. really amazing. We, we have, uh, you know, somebody could be, you know, six or 60 and have a very similar taste in the pattern that they want. That we want to enable that as best we can in whatever channel they want to buy in or however yeah. they want to connect and how yeah. they can tell their stories together. Now, how do you, a little bit about how you structure your social team. I've been hearing more and more that um, teams have been building out by vertical, so to speak. So as opposed to a social team that handles all channels, you've been building some expertise vertically. So a, an Insta person, a, a Twitter person, or a Facebook person. How do you go about structuring uh, teams and from terms of social media. So we are we are we are not building by vertical. So we we sort of view social as an extension of the PR strategy. So um, we have social reports into PR reports into the head of marketing, um, and we have a great group of people that we try to put the talents around them. So you have somebody who's running social who can do the creative and the copy for that mm. to keep it together and. Like I said, the pros and cons to each of the channels, and like how do you feed sure. each one with the unique content they need to be successful? But from an overarching strategy, you want that to be driven by the same person. Andrea, how do you how do you how does your team go about it? How do you look at that? Pretty similarly to Darren yeah. and, and Vera Bradley. I mean, at Nest, we're it's a pretty scrappy team, and so our social team is really handling all channels. And I do think that helps with the consistency of message across channel. So, so there's a big cohesion benefit there yeah, uh, yeah. around the brand. And where are you based? I, I don't think I asked you. Where are you both based? Uh, New York City. New York City, right yep. here. All right. So you both just rolled off the stage here at Commerce Next. Let's talk about uh, the kind of knowledge you were dropping in your panel. Uh, Darren, what were you sharing with the, with the folks here? I think one of the main messages we were trying to, to, to give is, especially with some of the headwinds on uh, acquisition marketing costs going up, is making sure you're very clear on who your customer is and mm-hmm. with a level of depth and texture, not just like an age group, oh, it's 25 to 35-year-old women, but understanding what's the media they consume, what are the other brands they like to shop. Um, and not just taking a wide approach to that, but being sort of narrower so you can drive a lot more impressions through that, through different media, diversity of media, mm. um, whether it's uh, whether it's online or it could be TV or uh, print, any of those vehicles. Um, How do you get that broader insight, you know, the, the, what, what else is in our house kind of insight, you know, in addition to your brand to kind of fill out that caricature of, uh, of the person of your shopper? Uh, so we're big on pressing pressing our employees to make sure that they spend time understanding who our customer is, spend time around our stores. Uh, we have a booth in our office to listen to customer service phone calls so you can mm. understand what are the challenges people are having oh, right great. now. That's great. Um, and I think you start start paying attention. I think one of the interesting things about a beer Bradley bag is, you know, if I'm, you know, pick a brand, I'm not trying to put somebody in there. Like you see somebody else at the airport carrying a similar bag, you might actually think like, oh, I can't believe I'm carrying the same bag as that person. <laughs> um, you know, they, when when you're in an airport and you see somebody carrying a beer Bradley bag, you're, you're just as inclined to go up and start having a conversation with them. Uh-huh. Uh, I told a story that uh, I was stuck in an airport and I decided I was going to uh, drive back to Fort Wayne, Indiana. And uh, I was just like, hey, I'm going to rent a car and I'm going to drive. And there were two 
people who decided to hop in the car with me even though we didn't know each other because mm. they figured I was okay because I was carrying a bureaucratic <laughs> bag. So I think that's the community we try that's to great. foster and, and we want our, our employees to be understanding that and understanding what they need from a product perspective because that continues to evolve, especially during the pandemic. Right on. And what were you talking about, Andrew? Uh, so we do a lot of mining of our own customer data looking at what are people, like, you know, when they when they provide feedback to us, when we ask them about net promoter score, when we ask them for feedback about their interaction with our customer service team, I read that I read those comments every week. We share them out with our team, with the leadership team. You know, we socialize what our NPS is and what our CSAT scores are. But we also really dig into the actual like verbatim comments because I think that provides mm. like a layer of information that you wouldn't necessarily have just looking at the numbers and it's always an art and a science Mm. the other thing i would say is you have to get in stores you have to get out and see the customer interacting with your product in a store whether it's an own store or whether it's in a wholesale channel there's no substitution for that yeah there really isn't no substitution for walking the floor and and yeah it's cool but it's still still the most important thing all right so two starts one stop advice for retailers, uh, DTC, mm-hmm. e-commerce marketers listening. So two things you would advise they start doing, and one thing maybe that's yeah. working less for you or the, mm-hmm. that you see people doing that maybe they should do less of. So two starts. So I would say the, the thing I've been thinking about and reflecting on a lot over the past six weeks or so is what are the one or two things about your brand that are going to resonate in an economic um, a rocky economic period, right? And how do you hone in on those things and mobilize your teams around them? So that's one thing to start thinking about now, if you haven't already. If you're enjoying this podcast, please be sure and hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss another great episode. We'll be right back with this special 2022 Commerce Next e-commerce growth show bonus episode right after this message. After two years of unprecedented growth, some think e-commerce has hit its peak. So what comes next? As businesses look to enter the next era of e-commerce growth, Comet serves as a guide to get them there. Led by best-in-class technology providers across the commerce ecosystem, including Bloomreach, Miracle, Cinch, ShipBob, and Avalara, Comex offers exclusive research, benchmarking, data, and more, empowering businesses to deliver a commerce experience that drives measurable revenue growth. Learn more at commerceexperience.com. That's commerceexperience.com. The other thing I would say on a, like a personal development level is get out and mentor someone. Hmm. So if so, find a mentor or uh, be reverse mentored. <laughs> if you're older than maybe forty, find someone young to kind of so you can pick their brain and understand like what things are like coming up now and um, what what's important to that consumer base. And then if you're uh, also provide that back to them, right? So if you're old enough to share, uh, I think mentor. I can't say enough about. Um, things I've learned from my formal and informal mentors in my career and mm. I actually set my team up with people in my network this year because it's so much harder to socialize get out sure, meet people sure. etc um, so I, I, I think that's important and then one thing to maybe stop doing is I think often we say like we don't have time to do something I think it's, you've really got to stop saying that and you have to really prioritize what's the most important thing to be working on or focusing on mm. and then the other things kind of start to fall away Right, I've, and I've heard that a couple of times in the past day and a half. Is, yeah. is listen, you can't have a list of twenty things to get done because no. just, it's just very difficult to get any more than three or five things done and at a and have meaningful impact with them, right? Kind yeah, of thing, absolutely. right? Darren, what about yourself? I think Andrea had some great advice, so I'll, I'll maybe go in a different direction to fill in for the listeners. 
Um, so I grew up playing sports, and there's one thing that I think is funny we don't do in business is in sports, usually, you know, where you're practicing, you run a play, you're expecting something to happen, and then if it doesn't happen, you, you adjust to it. So I think when, when people are out there and they're putting activations, marketing activations into the field, before you do it, have an idea of what it is that you think should happen. So the, Build a hypothesis, basically, yeah, right? For the first thing, just, hey, hey here we, we want to get a younger customer, older customer, or whatever it is. Um, if you put that out there, does that really happen? And then second start is make sure you, you circulate that, that insight, not just within the team, but within the larger organization. So um, making sure that you can talk about it, the bad stuff as well as the good stuff. Hmm. So you don't, uh, back to the sports reference, you don't always win the game, but right. you learn a lot from your losses of what you need to do better. So uh, I think we have a tendency in, in these days to kind of hide the things that aren't as good and mm. to celebrate the things that are really good. I think both need to be treated really uh, similarly. And if you create a culture, uh, it creates a much easier environment for people to talk about doing things. And more importantly, the more stuff you do, the more you'll find that works. It, it is a lesson I often find for, for folks who have been elite athletes that they bring to the workplace. Um, you know, they, that, listen, you win, you lose probably statistically more than you win, but, right. you know, if you're learning from each of them, you know, both a bit of resilience, yep. personal resilience, and also understanding what losing is about, right? As, and, you, as you said. And just the path of doing things. And again, like you, you, you're not going to win if you're not actually doing anything different. If you're expecting magically your numbers are going to go up because you're doing the same thing day in and day out, that's... that's right. Running the same some macro back and forth, but to really cause growth, if you want to bend that curve, you have to do some different things. If I had to stop, uh, one of the things I mentioned in the room is don't think that if you need to get, uh, I was saying the old rule of seven that you need to have a customer, you know, the consumer has to see your brand seven times before they're going to purchase whatever that number is. You can decide on yeah. your own. It's just yeah. the spirit of it that's important. Don't think that you need to generate all seven of those touches. Oh, there are other people in your organization that can be helping you, whether it's public relations and uh, those sorts of people, or if it's customer service, if it's uh, people in the, the, the stores. We have an amazing group of people in the stores who can do a lot better job of connecting with customers than, than, than a batch and blast email. So how do you get everybody involved in helping you solve the problem? And I think sometimes we all sit back and think that it's uh, all the weight's on us to make mm -hmm. that happen when we're still an organization. The organization is like a team, just like back to the sports reference, and everybody yeah. plays their roles. How do you involve them in understanding what the play is so that everybody can do their part? So basically enable that kind of broader, you know, make that 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 possible, make that, that geometric growth possible mm -hmm. by enabling broader constituencies. Well, this is fantastic. Thank you both for joining me on the podcast. It was great to meet you both, and, and uh, it's nice to see you in person. We're here in the Comex Podcast Studio, and I wish you a safe travels back home and a great rest of the conference. Thank Thanks you. so much. Nice to meet you. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Conversations with Commerce Next. Please follow us on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or your favorite podcast platform, where we will be sharing career advice and marketing strategies from e-commerce and digital marketing leaders at retailers and direct-to-consumer brands each and every episode. Commerce Next is a community, event series, and conference for marketers at retail and direct-to-consumer brands. Through our online forums, interviews, webinars, summits, and other in-person events, we harness the collective wisdom of our community to help marketers grow their businesses and advance their careers. Join Commerce Next events to meet other industry leaders and learn the latest e-commerce and marketing strategies. You can find upcoming events at commercenext.com.
Have a fantastic week, everyone. 